business data is very important. Your sales data, how you actually set up your cafe and how you're utilizing the data to help you shape your business. Just a flat white, thanks. Hello, when you're in business, there's always something to talk about. Sales, marketing, operations, finance, there's always a project happening. We get to chat to a ton of different businesses in our agency, and so we wanted to take this time to learn more about what's working for them, what's not working for them, how they're managing their teams, how they're achieving growth in a challenging market, and we hope you can get a bunch of value out of it. Today on Talks, I'm speaking with Marlon Medina. I met Marlon a bunch of years ago, uh, just through a couple of social circles that we both move in. And he just is a really interesting guy. He's grown up in Colombia and then came to Australia and just really sunk into the world of coffee. Uh, so on today's episode, we're talking about uh, coffee culture in Australia, and we sort of compare it or benchmark it against the rest of the world. There's a lot of different coffee cultures all around the world and Australia's is super unique. Um, how you can build a sustainable cafe business, which is not necessarily as straightforward as it sounds. Uh, red flags that you should look out for when you are starting a new business and how COVID-19 has really affected the cafe and, and hospitality industry. So yeah, sit back and enjoy. The way I started in the cafe industry is because I initially was just looking for a job and I happened to have an entry on, well, at the time, Krispy Kreme. Mm-hmm. The glazed glory, those guys, they're so oh, nice. <laughs> I ate so much donuts. <laughs> oh, I tell you, fantastic product. So, um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I started there and it was a very busy shop. I was working in the, um, in the store at the international airport. Yeah. Um, and um, obviously at the time, coffee and donuts was the thing. So, you know, I was thrown in the coffee machine and uh, yeah, I learned all the basics, but really I knew there was more in depth for coffee. So I started looking and I got an opportunity to work with a very good barista at Westfield East Gardens. And Mm -hmm. he was very high up in Australia at the time. And that's where he teach me the ins and outs about coffee, cafes and espresso the, mm. that 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 coffee brewing technique mm. and that's when i really got hooked and i really got into it and yes since then i've been working in uh, boutique cafes i've then been um part of uh, the expansion of the different coffee bakeries and in the last four years moved to central coast and uh helped in the expansion of uh uh, hospitality group in both restaurants and, and cafes as well. Awesome. Awesome. And did you, growing up in Colombia, that's like, uh, you know, Colombian coffee, it's almost as, almost as, Colombia is almost as famous for coffee as for some uh, less legal substances. <laughs> that's and, right. <laughs> and, has, that, um, has that sort of, did that color your, your, your view on coffee in general? Because my understanding is that coffee and cafe culture in Australia is very different to a lot of other parts of the world. So do you, do you, do you see that? Like, do you have a different take on it because you're, you're from Colombia? Yeah, look, I, yes, 
Yes, it is. It's the coffee culture in Colombia is, I, I think that I started thinking about the coffee culture in Colombia when I was working here. Mm. And I went back and I started thinking, and it's so part of our culture. When I, when I go back to my, my memories in Colombia, coffee is, is, is part of these moments when you spend as a family. Yeah. Um, okay. When you're having friends over, um, usually at home, uh, we don't have this. Rest- well, now, it, now it's, it's getting more popular, but back on the day, it was more about a stock coffee. Stovetop, yeah, yeah, really, um, really black, black. Yes, yeah. tinto they call it, tinto, yeah. or they have a little one called in in Bogota they call it perico, yeah, which is um, a little bit of uh, milk on the black coffee. Yeah, and but I remember it brings all these memories of family, of um, just socializing with friends. Uh, and just having a good time, very happy memories. So um, I took that on board as part of um, of my work here in Australia, as part of my of what I wanted to represent in 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 the coffee, in regards to all our stores and bring that like welcoming family type of vibe into the cafes. Um, I actually in Sydney end up doing some stuffed up coffee for people. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that was experience. That was pretty cool. So, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, and then look, I, I've, as, as I was here, I fell in love with espresso. Oh, yeah. wow. it's amazing. So um, kind of put, putting those two together, that welcoming uh, social culture of the coffee in Colombia with that amazing process that we, yeah. we have in Australia. Yeah, okay. So you, you, you grew up in Colombia, very, very different to Australia. Um, my dad used to do a lot of business in Colombia, and from what I understand, it's it's quite different over there. Um, moved to Australia, um, came up under a couple of um, really well-regarded baristas. What what do you see as, um, or, or what have you seen since sort of um, getting involved in a broader sense? So, yeah, coffee, but then you know, there's the whole tea piece, and you've got food, and then just the sheer volume in the industry now, the cafe, there are so many cafes. I feel like everyone's a cafe owner now. You know, the, wow. the, the, the 16 year old down the street has a, has a small cafe, you know, rolling out the door. Yeah. How, how do you see, or how have you seen that evolve? And, and what, what have you seen working and not working in, in more recent times before, before this pandemic hit? Look, um, I actually got to leave the whole expansion of the cafe boutique when I just started. So mm-hmm. we're going back to around 2006, 2007. Um, and um, coffee culture in Australia was mainly um, dictated by very large um, entities such as, you know, uh, Michelle's Patisserie and mm-hmm. Loria Jeans was very popular at the yep. time. still popular, but... They, they they have gone to this they have gone through this great period of expansion and then um as a, a lot of uh a small boutique cafes is starting popping up and by boutique i refer you know cafes that they were doing a lot of research on coffee and different brewing methods um mm-hmm. uh, some of them started roasting their own beans and experimenting getting new flavors um, so, you know, the likes of uh, cafes such as um, 
Mecca in Sydney and single origin uh, roasters are starting coming up, uh, Campos. Yeah. Um, so all these big brands these days, they started back on the day, very small, roasting their own coffee and sourcing their own beans. And they started <clears throat> sourcing from different parts of the world. Um, and not just Colombia and Brazil, which were quite popular at the time and Indonesia, but then they started expanding to Central America and India. So there was explosion, you know, of, of, um, of so many, of so many things happening in the coffee industry and very exciting time. Um, and also we, we started getting very open to actually perfecting the technique of espresso, incorporating it in the, up to that point, let's say at the tea culture in Australia. Uh, that's where the latte flat whites came up. Yeah. And, um, and then also we have people getting really interested in, in food, in food culture. You know, we have so many different nationalities in Australia, uh, so many different types of food and the cuisine is quite diverse. And, um, shows like you know master chef and kitchen rules and all these shows that started coming up showing you know the passion that australians have for food um that all kind of started creating this culture that we have nowadays and um a lot of people were really inspired to actually leave their jobs and start cafes and restaurants and i think quality wise was fantastic for australia I think that um, it's put us up there in the world in terms of cuisine and mostly more than everything. I've, I believe we pretty much in the top when it comes to coffee. Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of people. Yeah, coffee yeah. culture in Australia is probably, I would say, the best in the world. Yeah. Yeah, and, and look, you know, um, I, I see that very exciting from, from that perspective. On the business perspective, um, they obviously... As, as demand increased, there was a lot of uh, new cafes being opened. And I think at some point we started kind of opening way too many. Yeah, too that's, what I was, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you feel like it's gotten to a point where it's like, you know what, this is ridiculous. Like there's, there's, the demand is not here. Do, do, you, do you think we've, we've gone too far? I, I think we have. And I think the last two years have shown that. Um, we've seen drops in uh, the opening. There's, I, saw, I remember seeing a stat about um, the rate of um, cafe, new cafe openings in Australia have dropped to around 40% in the last two years. I had a very good story. Um, I, I can't remember what I read that if, in, you know, if just random people start telling you about doing something, uh, let's say in the, in the stock market or uh, you know, in terms of putting a business and they, and you know, they've never done it before, then you should ask yourself if maybe that time has passed. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I remember had a couple of family members that never, never have stepped into a cafe telling me, um, we should open a cafe mall and it's very popular. Yeah. And I was red flag, red flag. Yeah, I was like, Oh, oh, I think <laughs> this is the time. This is probably, we're talking about around four, four, probably three to four years ago. And, um, yeah. and I was like, Oh, wow. Everyone wants to do it. Um, and yeah, you start seeing it. And I always do this example, right? Like 
I always do the example of the shark and there's a little fish called remora, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. uh, there's little fishes that they, they hang out next to the shark. Mm -hmm. And um, they, when the shark eats, all the leftovers, the little fishes go and eat it as well. Mm -hmm. um, that's how they, they survive. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, this analogy came to me. So we had these be uh, amazing businesses, amazing cafes that they were doing so well. And all of a sudden, all these little cafes started popping up around. Some, some of them were really good. Some of them may be uh, very inexperienced, mm -hmm. but um, they all take a little bit of, of trade yeah. uh, from each other. Yeah. And then it, it starts affect, it affects them all as a whole. Mm -hmm. including that well-established cafe as well as those little ones. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we know that a lot of these small cafes run, um, you know, where food after, you know, maybe taking a loan or uh, uh, some, some, some savings or something. And uh, after six months to a year, that's dried up and all of a sudden they close and someone will take it over. And that, that cycle continues. Yeah, and um, and I think it's affected greatly um, uh, the cafe industry. I think that um, uh, we've seen in the recent in the last year a lot of cafes closing. Um, it's it's become tougher to maintain a good profitable cafe in in yeah. some places because the margins in cafes are so small, even yeah. even on the even on a good trading day. So that sort of leads me to that, that next piece around, okay, so you've seen the rise of the mega chains, you've seen the revolt um, in the last sort of five years with the boutiques and then the boutique chains and then the, the mid-tiers and what have you. Um, and, you know, we've got now in, in the last 12 months saturation to a point of cafes just falling over themselves and, you know, closing closing doors and reopening and rebranding and all the rest of it, trying to find an edge and a, and a profit margin. And then all of a sudden, bang, COVID comes and the government has to shut down all, all food-based trade other than takeaway. Um, like on the street, word on the street, what, what have you seen or how has that affected the cafe industry? What sort of stories have you heard? Look, it's, um, it's, I can't describe it. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy out there um, and more for hospitality. Look, we, we've been gearing up for um, a correction on our industry. Um, and, you know, if you read the news in the last six months, we were looking at, you know, uh, restaurants having issues, uh, some of the good big names closing, same with cafes. Um, and then COVID-19 comes and it's tested every cafe in so many ways like your concept you know business concept um if you have a kitchen can you can you are you able to uh, minimize the amount of output that your business or you know or the or the size of your business is still trade profitable um all these things start coming into play uh one of the biggest issues right now uh, the, the one that i hear the most is um Problems with uh, rent, um, you know, uh, some places, you know, you got a small cafe and, you know, you got a reasonable rent mm -hmm. and, you know, if you're trading takeaway and your takeaway base, 
it's I've, you know, I've seen some of them still thriving, still trading to a reasonable level. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say you got a, a, a cafe with, you know, a chef or a team in the kitchen and a few, a few waiters and baristas, and you got a large area. And obviously, because you got a large area, you're paying a lot of rent. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you can use the large area, but you still have to pay the rent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that it, it's put a, a lot of people in a lot of trouble. So right now, I've seen a lot of people trying to negotiate, and that's why you can you don't see a lot of cafes still opening yet until um, restrictions are eased to a point where they can have a reasonable amount of people coming into the cafe and sitting down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very difficult. And another point of confusion is some people, some people have been saying like, even if I trade and I change my concept to take away, would the landlord be reasonable about the type of rent that should be charged for that concept? You know? Yeah. Um, it's been, it's been very difficult. Um, I've seen cafes that have closed since March 14 and they haven't opened yet. It's, it's a very hard time for everyone. Yeah, I, I definitely don't, uh, don't disagree with that for one minute. And what, are your, what is your advice for, we've just talked about how the sheer volume of cafes out there. And um, I know a number of guys who, you know, first time cafe owners or um, they're really young sort of cafe owners and first time business owners even, or, or guys who, and, and girls who might be looking to buy into a cafe that's had a downturn or, and might be looking to otherwise close. What is your advice? So obviously maybe there might be some advice for right now in this COVID scenario, but longer term or bigger picture, what is your advice for these guys around, around building out a profitable, sustainable cafe business? What, how would you recommend they go about that even? Uh, yeah, very good question. Look, I, I think the recent events have tested a lot of things. Um, cafes need to be very fully aware of the business concept. Um, you need to have a concept that is very, that is moldable, that you can expand and contract easily. Mm-hmm. I, I, I always say, try to, Think about the worst case scenario. Do your risk management properly. Um, if worse comes to worse, can you, how, how small can you reduce your operation? Yeah. And how can you scale it back up? So yeah. that's very important. And business data is very important. Your sales data, how you actually set up your cafe and how you're utilizing the data to help you shape your business. I, I, I saw a lot of cafes that came into this um, whole situation with COVID-19 and um, they weren't really sure about their the processes, let's say their uncounting or bookkeeping processes, uh, their financial controlling was not up to scratch. Mm-hmm. And then with all the, uh, all the help from the government and all these grants that were going around, uh, it was very hard for them to to have a clear picture of when they needed to go. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, having a very clean uh, process in your, in, in, a, fun, a very clear financial process, uh, 
very, very flexible operations. I think everyone's thinking about takeaway and something has come to my mind and we need to look at the bigger picture, right? Um, I look at, let's say, Sydney CBD and I'm a bit concerned that we were heading towards the shift about working at home, working from home, right? And um, we, we, I was thinking, well, look, this is going to be around a few years ahead. And COVID has accelerated, accelerated that. And I wonder if a lot of these big corporations are thinking, wow, maybe we might be able to save some money and we've seen increased productivity at home. Maybe we should continue this way. Yeah, I reckon, I reckon those bankers and lawyers and accounting firms and the CBDs would be pretty excited about the prospect of saving millions of dollars in, on rent. Exactly. And then uh, for, you know, companies that are based, uh, have based their concept on that, it's going to be very difficult. Any reduction in food traffic in the CBD will affect greatly. But however, people that are now working from home might, might opt for new ways of service, uh, including, you know, delivery, you know, maybe just going to a local cafe in the suburbs. So we might see a shift of food traffic um, increasing in the suburbs, but decreasing in the business hubs. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that, that's, those are some of the kind of things that I'm looking at. Now with the deliveries for, uh, for, for cafes in particular, um, I've seen deliveries working really well for restaurants at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, for cafes, it started to get traction. Uh, and then there is some things that we got to look at, such as uh, delivery services. They're charging quite a lot of money um, they're taking quite a lot of, um, quite a big stake on, you know, on a sale. When yeah, you, massive, massive margin, those guys, like they took yeah. a massive cut. Huge. So, um, one of the changes that I was working with, we had, uh, we had tried to implement deliveries a couple of years back. And for that, we created an app. Uh, so we, when COVID hit, we had our own apps, every store had their own app and, that helped a lot. We were able to just put a drive on and start doing deliveries. Yeah. So we were ahead of the curve and still, you know, preserve that level of profit. Um, as uh, uh, web, build, web builds and, and apps get a little bit cheaper and are more accessible to uh, small businesses, mm. you know, there might be a possibility to be able to have your own app. Yeah. Um, and just uh, cut out, the, cut out the, the delivery services that are taking such a big cut. Because that would be, that essentially be taking a cut equivalent to the entire proper margin of that cafe and probably then some again. 100%. And, um, and at the end, um, if, you, if they're taking that big cut and you can, and you're changing the set prices that you have calculated will give you a profit by people coming into the shop, then you might most likely not even making any profit at all or you're actually losing money. Yeah. So um, those are some of the uh, current issues that are happening mm-hmm. um, and that people have to be very careful. Uh, on another, the good side of things is that people ha- appreciate so much the cafe culture. So everyone's missing it. So, um, you know, for those restaurants that are opening now that can still trade with at least 10 people, I've seen you know, I haven't heard anyone that hasn't been 
that is not booked out. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we, we do love a cafe in Australia, that's for sure. There's no doubt about that. Awesome. Um, what do you sort of see as next steps for yourself? So you've been working with and consulting with a couple of different cafe chains and a couple of sort of coffee-based scale-ups. Um, do you see yourself uh, launching a new venture post-COVID or, uh, you know, like a new cafe or a new sort of um, cafe-related business or what are, next, what are the next steps for you? Yes, definitely. Look, I, I, look I'm watching closely um, the developments. Um, there is there are a lot of very good offers have come my way mm-hmm. um, in terms of cafes. We're still looking... The, the point is rent at the moment. Yeah. Um, it's that negotiation. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, there is a lot of uh, very good options for cafes. I still believe, you know, uh, cafes run well, can be very profitable. Yeah. Uh, it's all about taking what your customer wants. Yeah. You know, uh, always listen to the customer. Um, yeah. And, you know, make sure you're up, your operations are top notch. And then, yeah, look, still consulting um since um a few years back i've been very involved with financial controlling mm-hmm. and i really like um and mostly focused to hospitality yeah that'd be a, that'd be a beast in the hospitality world i imagine there's yeah dollars flying left front and center <laughs> oh i tell you it's probably the biggest uh we, we've noticed how much hospitality businesses need uh, financial controlling, you know, we can't continue running with, um, you know, all um, processes, mm. some very good process, very new, good software. Mm-hmm. And also you need to have a very, very good streamlined process. And mm-hmm. um, you need reports, you need very good financial reports often that all can be done or can be set up in a very cost effective way. So, you know, I'm looking at, to see how I can help all the cafes uh, have this type of setup and, you know, and, and, and run a profitable business. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Awesome. All right, Marlon, look, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, really, really great to sort of unpack the whole cafe piece a little bit, especially when so many cafe, cafes out there are really struggling. Um, yeah, really appreciate your insights and uh, hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, thanks for having me. And um, yeah, I appreciate uh, the invite and anytime. <laughs> no worries. Cheers. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Hey, we know time is super hard to come by these days. So thanks for joining us here on Talks. Hope to chat to you again next time. Just paying for the coffee. Thanks.